You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Father's Dream, Part 4. Enjoy. And I want to get back into The Father's Dream. This is a series we've started and we've had different Sundays in between. But the reason this series is important, because I shared with you last week, I asked the Lord, Lord, what's the theme for the upcoming year? And for 2018, he said, it's the year of too much. What are we talking about? Abundance. The year of more than enough. The year of fatness. The year of his anointing, shattering and breaking every yoke in your life, okay? And this series that we're doing, The Father's Dream, uh, we've said that the Father, God the Father, has this dream that won't go away. And you'll know when you have a dream from God, when something God has put inside of you, it won't go away. It just sits in your heart. And it'll sit there as long as you let it sit there. It won't go away because it's God's dream for your life. It's God's purpose for you. But God has a dream in his life, a a life ambition, and that's to have an intimate relationship with you. That's what he's all about. That's what he wants more than anything. So if you want to get God the the gift that keeps on giving for Christmas, Christmas, give him your heart. Give him your whole self. Just, just uh, give, give yourself to him and let go and let him move you forward. Let him love you. But I want you to know this. We kind of can forget this sometimes because God treats us and loves us like we're the only person on earth. Doesn't he? I mean, he's, that's the way he makes you feel. I mean, he's always there. He's always listening. It's like, it's like no one else has any needs but you. That's how he is. But the truth is, there are other people in this world, right? And God loves the person next to you as much as he loves you. So this series is important because we're going to learn that the Father's dream is really the church. Amen. Not, not religion. Remember, we don't come to church anymore. And I got to meet Lucky and, and is it Lucy yeah. this morning? And we want you guys to know that we don't come to church anymore. Uh, you became the church when you put your faith in Christ. So don't come to church. Be the church. We gather on Sundays, every Sunday, to worship God corporately and publicly as, a, as, a, as just a wonderful time together as his sons and daughters. And we get together in homes during the week. But we are the church. But God has a dream that his son would be the firstborn from among the dead and that myriads, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of brothers and sisters would would follow Christ, would be just like Jesus in the earth. So that's what we want to get into. And we're going to learn to take our place in the body. Because if you're not... not Doing what you've been assigned in the body, you're never going to be satisfied. Because heaven has a calling on your life. That doesn't mean everyone is is to be in full-time ministry, but there is something that though I've noticed something about everyone who's come here to Highway Church. There's a common denominator. You're looking for more. More what? More Jesus. And you, yeah, and you came to the right place because you're going to get more Jesus. And man, when someone's looking for more Jesus, the devil can't stop them. Because they've got their sights set on the author of life and they refuse anything less than pure Jesus. 
And that's what we're doing. So the church, the body of Christ in the earth, God reproduced in us. The local church is God's answer to the world's problems. Now listen, I know we've been through some stuff in, 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 our, in our journeys. In, you know, I grew up in a church. It was a really kind of a very boring place to be, very religious place to be. Didn't learn much about Jesus at all. Uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, we can all share different experiences we've had. But when I say church, I'm not talking about man's religious tradition. I'm talking about people full of Jesus. And boy, if we can start seeing, and there are churches in America, in the world, where Jesus is, is flowing. But that's why we started this place, because this area is in need of churches where it's just Jesus. Not man's religious theology or tradition, but just the risen Savior. Just the resurrected one. Hallelujah. But it's the answer. So when people come in the door, they experience Jesus. Not our, our traditions, not what we say is right or wrong, but the risen Savior. So that's why we started this place, so that we can provide a public place that people can come and get more Jesus. Amen. Let's go back to John 3.16. That's where we started this series at. And we're going to get into something today that's over the top. It's too much. So I hope you're ready. John 3.16 this is the dream of the Father right here, the Father's dream. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes, that's all that's required, simple faith in Christ, would not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 in the Amplified. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world. And I say again, we're talking about the church. Far too often, people's experience when they come to church, they get judged. That's why people don't want to come. That's why people don't find the answer when they come to church. Because church is meant to be a, be a place where they're set free, where they're liberated, Amen. where they're delivered, not judged. But that the world, look at this, how the Amplified says it, that the world might find salvation, that's wholeness, safety, security, and be made safe and sound through him. So salvation, safety, soundness of being are the results of eternal life. And remember, eternal life in the scriptures, when you see that term, it's not referring to a length of time. It's referring to a quality of life. All of us are eternal whether you know Jesus or not. Do you know that? Our spirits are going to go on forever. Our bodies right now are mortal, right? So it's not a question of how long you're going to exist. It's a question of the quality of your existence. Eternal life is a quality of existence that's for you right now. All right? Religion puts it off in the future. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Eternal life, this quality of life that comes from heaven is experienced through an intimate relationship with Jesus, a personal, one-on-one -on -one conversation, relationship with Jesus as you go throughout your week. 
All right? That's why we, we, we come against the idea of religion. Religion is man trying to get to God in his own ways. Christianity is God trying to get to man through his son. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's backwards. It's the, it's, the, it's the opposite of man's thinking. Right? So we focus on God's love for us, not our love for him. Now, Jesus defined eternal life for us. Let's look at it in the Passion Translation. John 17, 3. This is what it means. I like how they say it here in the Passion Translation. Eternal life means to know and experience you. Isn't that good? As the only true God. And to know and experience, taste Him, feel Him, interact with Him, be transformed by Him daily. Jesus Christ, the Son whom you sent of your own initiative, right? Hallelujah. So we saw that the Father's dream initially was born in Genesis. And just so you guys know, and I think you, if you've been here a while, you kind of see, and this may change, but kind of the way things have flown here as far as Sundays, usually we minister the Word in a series. So like the Father's dream, I think this is message four in the series. And you can go to our website, highwaychurch.us, and it's all free. Just click on the podcast button or the Apple button if you use iTunes. And you can subscribe to our podcast. But make sure you're listening to each installment in the series because they build on each other. Okay? You want to eat the whole meal. All right? So we, we do some review, but we can't go back into everything. But I tell you, listen to them during the week. Eat during the week. Take notes on them. Go over the scriptures. I believe that the Lord brings the focus each week. We do our best to flow with him, but I believe the scriptures he calls our attention to are for us at this time. So eat them during the week, okay? And that's a great one, John uh, 17.3 in, in the Passion Translation. And God made mankind in his image, and they were sovereign over the earth. I know that makes religion mad, but it's true. God made man in his image as sovereigns over planet earth. And we saw the dream was broken because man remained silent in the presence of darkness. Man didn't respond to darkness the way his father did. He didn't speak to darkness. He listened to it. He meditated on it. He considered and reasoned it and came to a conclusion that he was going to follow it. He put his faith in the words of Satan instead of rebuking the words of Satan. And when that happened, everything changed. Satan seized the sovereignty over the earth that God gave to man, and Satan became the God of this world. And we were just at a dear friend's birthday party, and she asked me, she uh, said, why? Why do bad things happen in this world? Why does God allow them? And I said to her, God doesn't allow them. He doesn't allow them. God's not in control of the earth. Satan is the God of this world. That's exactly what the Bible teaches. I know you don't hear that in churches enough. There are some that teach that. But it is the Bible. Satan's the God of this world. Through faith in Christ, you have, we have victory over Satan. And we can keep him under our feet where he belongs. And he can't do what he'd like to do in our lives anymore. But you've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to learn the promises of God. You've got to, you've got to speak them with your mouth and believe them in your heart. 
Nothing's automatic about this. All right? We've got we've to engage our hearts with the living Christ. And religion can't do that for you. Come on, stop playing religious games. Get your heart engaged with Jesus. Your heart and his heart alive together. Resisting the enemy, enjoying the abundant life that he came to, Jesus came to give you. Hallelujah. That even though man fell and Satan seized sovereignty over the earth, God's system that he set up was still in the earth. What system was that? That God's word was to be believed in the heart of man and spoken with the mouth of man. That was still God's plan. Right? So God, we saw that was the role of the prophets, right? God needed men and women in the earth who would believe his word by faith, take him at his word, and then speak his word into the earth. And what the prophet's role was to prepare the way, to speak enough word into the earth so that the word of God Jesus could become flesh and enter the earth, Right? So in order for God's dream to be born again, to be restored, the word of God, Jesus, had to become flesh. Now this is a principle I want you to understand because far too often I, I meet so many believers like the, the, the lady I talk with, they're just kind of expecting whatever happens, happens. And it must be God's will. But listen closely. In order for the Word of God to become flesh, Jesus is the Word of God, right? In order for the Word of God to become flesh, it had, He had, it had, He had, the prophets, the words of the prophets, Jesus the Word. They had to be believed and spoken by flesh. Jesus could not have come into the earth if the prophets didn't say what they said. Isn't that amazing? Religion says God can do whatever he wants to and in his own timing. The Bible doesn't teach that. Right? It's good to do that every now and then. Right? On religious ideas. You don't need them. Okay? There are spirits of darkness weaving philosophies together and introducing them into churches and organizations. How do you recognize them? They're contrary to the ministry of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Right? So in order for the Word of God to be manifest in your life, you need to believe it and speak it. I've heard people say, if God's going to, you know, if God, if it's his will to heal me, he'll heal me. It's his will to heal you. He's already provided it for you. But you've got to know that in your heart. I mean, you've got to know it just like one and one or two. You've got to know it just like you know your name. There can be no question of it. And if there is a question of it, get in the word until every question is gone. I mean, every question has vanished and you are 100% sure and certain that by his wound you've been healed. That takes time. I mean, I lived many years of my life, I guess most of my life, not knowing that. And man, it took, it took months for me to become convinced of God's will to heal me. Months of diligently, I'm not saying it takes that for everybody, but I know for me it took months. I was in the Word regularly, just filling myself up with what He did for me until finally it clicked 
and I knew it. But even then, I still have to stay in it. See, it's his fellowship with what he's done for you. It's fellowship with Jesus. When you're in his word, you're in him. Hallelujah. Abide If you abide in my word, and my words abide in you, you will demand your rights. And you'll see them come into being. You can translate John 15, 7 and 8 that way. It says, you shall ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. But if you, look, if you study that out in the context, it's not talking about asking God. It's talking about exercising your authority over the circumstances of your life. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will exercise your authority over the circumstances of your life, and God's will will manifest for you. So God just kept declaring his dream. Even right after Adam fell, God spoke the dream. He said, he said that, that, that out of the seed of the woman, the Messiah is coming. Now, so we looked at several scriptures in our last part three of this message. We looked at several scriptures of God speaking forth Jesus into the earth through the prophets. Let's look at a couple more. Jeremiah 29, 11. Man, this verse is stacked. Just stack with Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, this verse, I love this verse, and I've studied this verse over the years, and I'll study it more, just so much in here. But the heart of God is revealed to us in this simple verse. Now, in the context of when it was spoken, literally, it was spoken by a man named Jeremiah. Who did he speak it to? Israel. Well, yeah, it was all of Israel, I believe. They were capt in captivity to Babylon, right? It wasn't just Judah, was it? It was all of Israel, I think. I have to go back and look. But anyway, God's people were in captivity in Babylon, and Jeremiah came to them, and this man, flesh and blood, just like they were, spoke the word of God to them. And we read that now and think, well, everyone recognized, you know, they, everyone listened because he was Jeremiah, the prophet. He didn't look any different than you do. How do you recognize the word of God being spoken by people? Is there some special characteristic? Uh, is it their clothing? Is it their uh, personality? What do you look for when you're listening to someone? Because just because someone's a pastor doesn't mean you should listen to them. Or an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. Those are all valid positions and offices in the body of Christ. But just because someone's in that position doesn't mean they're speaking the word of God. How do you know? I mean, what if they've got credentials and, and, and a head of Bible schools and degrees and PhDs? And should you, should you listen to them? I've got to hear Jesus in what they're saying. I've got to hear the, the, the ministry of Christ as it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, or I don't listen. I'll be respectful. I won't go like that. But I won't let it in my heart. Because I need Jesus in here. You, my ideas and yours won't fix me. I need Jesus, okay? So Jeremiah 29, this man is standing before them and God is speaking to them through this man and they have a decision to make. Should we listen? And in verse 14, God says, I'm going to turn away your captivity. They were going to be captive for 70, 70 years. It wasn't God's plan. 
Their stubbornness and rebellion got them into all kinds of messes. And God was doing everything he could to get them out of the messes they got themselves into. We have to cooperate with him. Come on. It's, okay, so it's ultimate fulfillment. Literally 70 years they're going to be free from their captivity. But the true liberty, the true fulfillment of this is in Jesus. So let's read this verse. Boy, there's so much here. Let me see where to start. Let me say this before we read it. The fulfillment of this verse is, is in Jesus and consequently now in his people, in his body, in the church. In other words, we're the vehicles that God uses to set other people free. He's not going to come down and set your neighbor free. He will come back again, but everything's going to change when that happens. Before he does, you're it. Tag, you're it. You're the vehicle God wants to use to set people free. Hallelujah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, let's say it again, prosper. Say it again, prosper. Oh, religious police are getting mad. We said prosper in church. It's the word of God. Whose plan is this? Did they talk him into this? Was this a vote? No. no, this is the Father's heart towards you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Wow. The message says to give you the future you hope for. <laughs> I love it. I, like, I love the way God talks. He sets me free when he talks. Amen. He lifts me out of the, the philosophies of man, and I come into this whole new place where I'm free and I'm cared for. Amen. The Living Bible says for good and not for evil. The New Living Translation says for good and not for disaster. The New American Standard says plans for welfare what and not for calamity we're not going to read it but in verse 14 he goes on to say that i'll turn away your captivity so church is to be a place where people come and are set free from their captivity they may come in a captive but they leave free Amen. right but far too often, what has happened with local churches, they become places where people come in and are indoctrinated with religious tradition and they remain in their captivity. Because man's ideas won't set you free. What about this word welfare? What is that all about? Yeah, when we see that in America, we think of what? Government assistance, right? But I remember, I studied, I studied this verse over the years. I, I, God used this verse a lot in my life. So I said, let me just look up welfare. What does welfare mean? Well, if you look at it, there's two words there, well and fair, right? The verb fare, to do, to do well. But if you study the word out, it means to do well thoroughly. It means to travel through life thoroughly well. 
Yeah, this fare has this, this moving forward connotation, this traveling. I'm traveling well. I'm moving forward through life well, thoroughly well. Literally, the word means health, happiness, and prosperity. It means general well-being. Here's another word I had to look up, general. What's general mean? Because, you know, you think it's just kind of a broad vague term but actually in this context is very specific what does general well-being mean you ready for this the word general in this context means this all around all inclusive applicable to the whole not limited in scope or application overall sweeping widespread so let's read, let, let's, let's read that, that, that verse now. So I know the plans I have for you. Plans for all inclusive, not limited in scope and application, sweeping widespread health, happiness, and prosperity. Let me say that again. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for sweeping, widespread, not limited in scope or application, health, happiness, and prosperity. Amen. If you want to talk about God's plan for your life, that's it. <laughs> now, why, why, does, why do all these translations translate that word differently? Prosper, uh, good, uh, welfare. I think the King James says peace, right? Plans for peace. Well, it, the Bible wasn't written in English. It's challenging to translate another language into a, another language, right? Because languages have their nuances. And even just Rhode Island and Massachusetts English are different, right? <laughs> it's challenging to understand people from Rhode Island, isn't it? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> or Massachusetts. <laughs> Why? We're just, we're, you know, the, how do you understand someone's word? You know their heart. Right? You got to know their heart to understand their word. So in the Hebrew, this word here is what? Plans for welfare. What's the word there in the Hebrew? Anyone know? Shalom. Yeah. Powerful word, this shalom. Let's talk a little bit about this word. What are we doing? We're talking about the Father's dream. We're talking about what He wants done in your life. What He wants to do in you and through you and bring to other peoples. We're talking about taking our place as the church. This is a place where people experience health and happiness. All-inclusive health and happiness. Not limited in scope or application happiness. All applicable to the whole. Widespread, sweeping prosperity. That's what this place is. This is a place where people experience sweeping, widespread prosperity Hallelujah. in every area of their lives. This might be shocking to you, but it is the Bible. Peace. What is it about this word? So that's, I'm just going to read to you. I went uh, to BibleStudyTools.com, the dictionary, peace. And this is the meaning of peace, how they say it here. It says, in English, the word peace, P-E-A-C-E, conjures up a passive picture. One showing an absence of civil disturbance or hostilities. Or a personality free from internal and external strife. The biblical concept of peace is larger than that. You can say that again. And rests heavily 
on the Hebrew root, SLM, I don't know how to say it, the root of shalom, which means to be complete or to be sound. You got to study this out. This changed, has changed and continues to change my life. To be complete. So I have, my plans I have for you are for you to be complete, to be sound, to be whole. As a verb, it conveys both a dynamic and a static meaning. To be complete or whole or to live well. Welfare. To travel through life whole. As a noun, it means wholeness of life and body. Health. Boy, the, word, the world is looking for health. And they're paying a lot of money and they're not getting any better. Because it's found in Jesus. It means right relationship or harmony between two parties, often established by a covenant. This word, shalom. Jesus established a covenant between us and the Father. We have a harmony now. We have a right relationship now. It means prosperity, success, fulfillment. It means victory over one's enemies. I like this word. I like God's plan for your life. It's a beautiful plan. It's a prosperous plan. It means security, safety, prosperity, felicity. You guys know what felicity is? Intense happiness. Depression destroying happiness. Can't stop me now happiness. I'll never be down again happiness. It means to be made and kept safe and prosperous. Wow. I know the plans I have for you. To make and keep you safe and prosperous. See, if this was preached more, people would be running to church. But there are churches who would argue this and, 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 and contradict it with their religious theology. But it's the Bible anyway. Now, in the New Testament, the word peace, the New Testament was written in what language? Greek, right? And they, the Hebrew, but it's written by Hebrews in Greek. Yeah. And they use the word irene, which in our English Bible is mostly translated peace. But they used it as the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew shalom. And here's a definition of that. A condition, a state of being, of health, welfare, and prosperity. Bliss, 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 and every good and kindness imaginable. <laughs> I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Bliss. And every good and kindness imaginable. When you get to know the heart of God, you'll know it has to be that. That's his heart. What else would he desire for you? 
I know the plans I have for you. Not, they're not, health that's not limited in scope or application, welfare, prosperity, bliss, and every good and kindness imaginable, sweeping, widespread, overall bliss and prosperity. We've got to think differently, don't we? This is a whole new way of thinking. Right? Religion says, well, you've got enough. You know, that's a, well, that's a little too much. Right? You spend a little too much on that. You don't need that. Right? There are, there are people in this country and other countries who don't have that. And that's true, there are. But the answer to poverty is not you having less. The answer to poverty is preaching what we're preaching. When people in any country start hearing this word and start believing it, wherever they live is going to change. And the provision of God will be ushered into their lives doesn't matter what nation they're living in. See, the devil will, will do what he can to make one person poor and then keep you poor by making you feel bad for that person because they're poor. We love people, but poverty is not God's will for anybody. So we don't set people free by, by entering their captivity right. and being poor ourselves. Right. If, if I know someone who's poor and their house is going to be uh, taken back and, and, and going into foreclosure, wouldn't it be nice if I can come in and buy their house for them and put it in their name? I'll pay your mortgage. That's, that's how you fix poverty. Not by me, uh, you know, selling my house and, and getting a smaller house and not, you know, eating generic cereal. And <laughs> Can I help you out, Facebook? Crunchy Oats have not sent anybody free. <laughs> Aren't those names funny on the generic cereal? I don't know. Who makes generic cereal? I think Santa's elves must make it. I don't know. Really, we have to think differently. Is there enough provision in the world for everyone to do well? More than enough. The issue of poverty is not, don't listen to the news, and man, man saying, well, the rich people took all the money. Are you nuts? What causes you to think like that? Well, all the resources in the earth are drying up. Are you nuts? We haven't even begun to tap the resources of the earth. If you listen to man, you'll be so bound up in fear, you'll be afraid to throw away a wrapper. Don't throw that away. We can use that for a shoelace or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's that Great Depression mentality. Boy, the Great Depression, isn't that a term? Wow. You know, there was a woman, I can't remember her name, who built a, a lavish theater church in the midst of Great Depression. Just built a, a lavish, blessed facility right in the midst of the Great Depression. What does the word say in, uh, was it uh, Jeremiah 17? You'll not be afraid in a year of drought, nor will you cease from yielding fruit. This is a, this is a way of living independent from the world system. And it's time to live this way. How do you do it? Renew your mind. Start meditating on his promises instead of your background and what the, what the enemy said and what man says is, is acceptable. So this word was used in greetings and farewells. And it, it, when they said shalom, it was meant to say, may your life be filled with health, prosperity, and victory. When someone says shalom to you. 
May your life be filled with health, prosperity, and victory. Amen. Is that a nice thing to say? Then why are people preaching against this with PhDs and large churches? Why? Why would you ever be against something like this? This is the heart of God. What's wrong with health, prosperity, and victory? Really? Let's be real. I mean, if we're going to listen to what some say, we need to know what's wrong with it. Well, you'll become conceited. What? No, you'll experience God more. You can become conceited no matter what you've got or don't got. Conceit is simply an attitude of the heart where you think you're it. Where you fail to recognize your need for Jesus. All right? How are we doing? Are we okay? It's good to be free. Come on, let's be free. Hallelujah. So this Jeremiah 29, 11, it sounds like John 10, 10 to me. Right? I came to you might have life and have it more abundantly. Sounds like a lot of verses, like 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I, I wish above all else that you prosper and be in health. What a non-religious thing to say. But the Apostle John said it. By the Spirit of God. I like 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of... The very God of bliss... The very God of every good and kindness imaginable. Sanctify you completely. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Spirit, soul, and body. All right. Now, so that was one scripture. The next one is found in Isaiah. And it's a scripture where we got the name for our church. And when, when the Lord was putting on my heart to start a church, I said, Lord, I want a simple name. I don't want the first, second, and third apostolic renewal, first, second, 23rd uh, evangelistic theological. I just want a two-syllable name. And I was reading Isaiah, and he gave it to me. And it's in Isaiah 35. God spoke of a highway in the Old Testament. A highway that would pave the way for people to come out of captivity. And his name is Jesus. Let's look at it in Isaiah 35. Starting in verse 1. This is the foundation of Highway Church right here. The wilderness and the solitary place. Some translations say the dry land, the desert, the wasteland. What's he speaking about? Planet Earth. Hello. It's a wasteland. Right? We don't, we don't love the Earth. <gasps> I'm sorry. The Earth's a rock that God made. Thank God that He made it, but it's a fallen world. The Earth is not the center of our universe. Jesus is. Come on, you got to get free. You got to know the living one. You worship a rock, you're going to become like it. You're going to fall apart just like it's falling apart. You'll be afraid of every, the wind when it blows. Jesus. He's talking about this earth. This earth is not a nice place to be. Come on, you know that, don't you? It's not our home. It's not what God intended. It's covered in the curse of sin. It's, it's, it's falling apart. This earth, this wilderness, this dry land, this desert, this wasteland shall be glad for them. 
Who's them? You and me, the body of Christ. People with Jesus living inside of them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Too much. 2018. Yes. And rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord. Where? In you. In us. And the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. The, the New American Standard says, encourage the exhausted. And strengthen the feeble. Amen. Amen. <laughs> NIV says, strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Woo! Who does this? We do. We tell people the good news like you're hearing now. It makes knees strong and backs healthy. With this news, the New Living Translation says, with this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. <laughs> I love it. Next one, message. Energize the limp hands. Strengthen the rubbery knees. <laughs> you know why the rubbery fear? Knees are knocking. People are afraid in this world. But when they realize that Christ came to set them free and to be a shield all around them, that he's the secret place of the Most High, you can dwell in him for the rest of your life, that no harm or evil shall ever befall you, that he's commanded his angels to protect those who fear him. It changes everything. The King James says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. This is written 600 some years before Jesus. Did he come? What's his name? Jesus. What will happen when Jesus comes? Next verse. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. Did we see it in the ministry of Jesus? Yes. Do we see it today? Yes, because yes, it's still going on. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. Thank you, Lord, for blind eyes open, for sight being restored right here, right now. Right here, right now. Listen, man came up with the idea of glasses, and I understand that. That's, a, that's, that's fine, but you don't have to have them. You can have 20-20 vision for the rest of your life. People have just accepted after a certain age, I've got to get them. No. You can have 20, 20 vision for the rest of your life. The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man, what? A lame man leaping as a heart. We live on Heart Street. Woo! H-A-R-T, that's a, an animal, like a deer, right? Then shall the lame man leap as a heart. Man, I remember seeing a, a this is a deer. I don't know what the difference is between a deer and a heart. But anyway, I was driving along the road. This rock must have been, I don't know, 20 feet high. And there was a deer standing right at the base of it. And I turned and looked, and he just went, and like two jumps, he was gone over top of that thing. Leaping as a heart with great strength and agility. 
That's what God does. He gives us the strength where we leap over rocks, where we run through a troop. And the tongue of the dumb sang. Every one of these things is impossible. But it's who we are. It's what Christ has done for us. For in the earth, the wilderness, waters break out. Holy Spirit streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons. That's the earth. Satan is the dragon. And this is his, this his domain, right? Where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. That's a flourishing green. He, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We might be living in this world and we're not of it, but we're prospering in it. Because God is our shepherd. Hallelujah. Springs of water. And look at verse 8. And a highway shall be there. That's where it came from. I read that. I said, oh, that's it. Highway. Highway. A highway is a structure that enables you to get from where you are from where, to where you long to be. When we want to go someplace and, and, or drive down to Florida, man, we get on the highway. Yeah. Right. Set it on cruise, right? Jesus is this to us, and his church is this to the world. We're a highway. We're a place people can come to go from where they are to where they long to be yeah. into the fullness of God's destiny for their lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing love for us. Lord, this is your dream. This is your dream, Lord God. This is your plan. This is your purpose, Lord God. Every good and kindness imaginable, Father. Lord, it is your desire to prosper your people, to, to see people healthy, to see people prospering in their finances, to see people whole, to see people full of joy and, and intense happiness, not depressed and afraid and stressed and worried, but free and full of love and joy and peace. And you have have ushered this reality into the earth through your highway, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for bringing us here to this place. Lord, we thank you for starting this church. We thank you for providing this public place. And we're so excited about what you've begun and what you're about to do. This year's not over yet. December's not over. 2017 is not over. We thank you for going beyond what we've dreamed of in December. And when the books close in, in 2017, we're going to say, glory to God what you've done. And we thank you for it, Lord in Jesus. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.